Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here. Sunday night, our traditional spot. We, we, we got preempted last week, got bumped into the middle of the week, back in our regularly scheduled time slot on a Sunday evening, early Monday morning for you with our week 16 recap. And Jamie, for a lot of people, this was championship weekend. Uh, for others, it was semifinal weekend. This is the the heat of the fantasy season. And I, I made mention of it, I believe, in the Thursday show that we were going to be in line for somebody to do something dumb that would win you your championship weekend or push you into the championship game. We had one of those performances. Uh, we will get to that throughout the course of the show here. But before we get the full breakdown done, before we get to all of these games, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. They remain your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and when you sign up use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 you will receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and you know what jamie i'm pulling up the order that we're going to do these games in i want to i want to start i want to start with the with the performance 525 passing yards, four touchdowns. The team scores 41 points. The Cincinnati Bengals, your leaders in the AFC North, they beat the Josh Johnson-led Baltimore Ravens 41-21. to There's Burroughs' performance to talk about. There's T. Higgins' performance to talk about. Tyler Boyd had a big game. There is just Joe so Mixon much. had two touchdowns. Like there is so much here, but 525 passing yards for Joe Burrow in what was the likely the semifinals or championship game for most of you. If you if you were rolling the dice with Joe Burrow, big one for you this week. Big, yeah, big bounce back performance for Cincinnati. And if you played to any of your Bengals, you are thrilled. And by the way, Burrow had a touchdown called back as well. Could have had an even bigger day here in that fourth quarter because they were throwing. Look, it was just monstrous for everybody. Uh, this was what we expected to happen to the Ravens' defense last week from Green Bay. Uh, I think that was the the biggest difference between what we saw from them versus what we saw here, where everything clicked. Burrow threw the ball 46 times. T. Higgins, 12 for 194 and two touchdowns, continue his monstrous run over the last month or so. Jamar Chase had a slow start to the game, but really picked it up late, ended up with 7 and 125. Tyler Boyd caught a long touchdown. Mixon got you in the end zone twice with nearly 140 total yards. Like they were all absolutely sensational. And on the Baltimore side, Mark Andrews continues to be QB proof. Eight for 125 and a score, even though Josh Johnson comes out and throws for 300 yards in this game. You know, Freeman gets in the end zone, nothing special. You know, Marquise Brown, five for 44, nothing special. But Mark Andrews continues to be the, the tight end that you want here down the stretch. I um I rolled the dice this morning and took a Mark Andrews catch prop. His over under for catches was five and a half, and I was a little worried that with John Josh Johnson starting, that this Cincinnati defense might zero in on taking away Mark Andrews. Uh, didn't matter. Uh, Ten targets in this football game, eight catches for 125 yards. Mark Andrews, I think, is matchup proof at this point. I think he's quarterback proof at this point. He's one of those guys that it really doesn't matter what the opposing team has. He's going to find a way to be involved and be a threat 
threat to go off uh, in a big way. And I think we've said everything that we could about this fantastic Cincinnati uh, performance. One thing I want to mention is I continue to tease that next week, uh, a week from to what nine days from now, or next Tuesday when you listen to it, the fourth of January will be my the first round of my way too early mock draft. So I'm thinking a little. I have like one and three quarters feet into the season, and like a like three toes, like looking into next year. Like don't don't do the math. Don't think about this too hard. But is there a chance? maybe even a good chance, is Mark Andrews the tight end two off the board in fantasy drafts next year, or do you think people will go back to Kittle or Waller? So let's let's talk about this, right? We are, are – is the assumption of this show, and we did not talk about this in the pre-show, so I'm really excited about this conversation, that George Kittle will have the top spot. Is that the, is that the assumption that you and I no, are No, I'm assuming here? Travis Kelsey will be the tight end one oh. next year in drafts. Mark, so, yeah, I'm assuming Travis Kelsey is the tight end one, and then – my guess will be the next, the order of the next three guys, Mark Andrews, uh, Darren Waller, George Kittle, will vary by draft. Yeah, I think with Waller a lot of is not in this conversation. It's not his fault. He's hurt. But I think there's a tear break there. Really? Just, just because it's an unknown, right? I don't know what that team's going to look like next season. I don't know who the head coach is going to be, right? It, sitting here right now when I have to answer this sure. question, I would much rather, I think, have Kittle or Andrews than I would Waller. I agree, but this question specifically about Andrews. Are you taking where where's it where are you taking Andrews? Not round, but among tight ends. Tight end three. Tight end three right now. Okay. I think is where I would have him. With a with a strong case to be tight end two because I think I think Kelsey and Kittle are one two and I think you can flip them and I would accept any one of those answers. And I think Andrews is three in all of those permutations. But again, he could second. But if he finishes the year stronger, like if he has another two games at the end of the stretch, Baltimore still trying to compete for a playoff spot. Question is going to be how how much do you think do you think Trey Lance will target him as much as Jimmy Garoppolo has? I guess that would be the only question, which we don't know. But it it is an interesting conversation to have. But uh, just something that I was floating around my mind there. We we can move on back to to the current present time to help to break down some championship analysis. But and some stuff I start to think about as as I'm putting together mock draft stuff. And let's do so by going on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions and what was an ugly football game to check in on on Red Zone when when they did go there, uh, at least for me. Um, Jamie? Yep. Kyle Pitts? Six Great catches, game for him. Six yards. for 102. A very now good Now it's almost 300 yards over the last four games here, so he is continuing his little strong run. Still doesn't get in the end zone, uh, which is is hurting him, but uh, he's going to finish as a top five tight end this week. Jamie, I want you to right now, while everyone is listening, I want you to say it to the people because I know you've started, but I know that they are a work in progress. I want you to tell the people right now. I want you to look into the camera. They're not going to be able to see the video version of this, but I want you to look into the camera right now, and I want you to tell the people that Amon Ross St. Brown next week will be a top 24 wide receiver. I want you to do it. Okay. He was, he was this week. Did you oh, see did my updated rankings see, at the end of the no, week? No, he snuck in at the end of the week. I did not. Let me, check. Let me see where I end up putting him. And by the way, I'd end up uh, as we since it was the theme on this show all week long. I did end up ranking him above Jamar Chase. So I, I know we talked about that a lot on the show. Let me see where I end up having him. Uh, quickly pull up last week's rankings, but yes, he will be a top twenty-four wide receiver. Uh, I moved him into that spot for this week. 
Let's see where I put. You go nine for 91 in a touchdown with Tim Boyle throwing you passes. You earn yourself an opportunity oh, absolutely. to be a top uh, So I end up putting Amon Ross St. Brown wide receiver 21 is where I had him this week. So uh, I bought in. I will buy in again. He has been absolutely sensational. He's getting the workload. He's getting the touchdowns. He's getting the touches. Like, I don't know. Fine. What more you can ask him? He got two rushes in this game. Like he gets eleven touches in this game. You know what? For one hundred and ten total yards. Jamie, I want you to look into the camera. Okay. There, are, people are not going to be able to see the video version of this. I want you to look into the camera and tell the people that Amon Ross Brown is going to be a top twenty wide receiver next week. That's what I want you to do. Well, let me see where I let me let, let's instead of be doing that, let me actually look and see. Now we have, there's still some games to play, some matchup stuff, but let me see where I have him. So right, okay, right now. He is right at wide receiver twenty. I so, so I, I'm joking when I'm when I'm talking about this because it's kind of been my thing on the show the last couple of weeks. He has been exceptional, and I and I use that term. Yeah, he he very he very well be a top twenty wide receiver for me next he week. He's going to be a wide receiver too. Like he's he's a must start at this point. I don't know what more you could ask of him. Uh, Jamal Williams returning for the the Detroit Lions. You saw the impact that that had. 19 carries for 77 yards. Less of a workload for Craig Reynolds. For those of you that maybe have been using that uh, to get by with the Detroit running back situation with Jamal Williams back, uh, he did get the the lion's share. And and Jamie, Cordero Patterson gets into the end zone to save his day, but... That's about yeah, it. It wasn't a good game for it's been it's been a little light. I mean, I a lot of people are in their playoffs and in their fantasy championship weeks or semifinals because of the play of Cordero Patterson. Well, he's not helping. Two you weeks win hasn't it been great. Point. Thirty-two total yards on eighteen touches on eighteen carries. Actually, he's got what thirty-six total yards on twenty-one touches. That's not a good ratio. Not, I mean, three out of two people are bad at fractions, and I might be one of them, but like that's not a good number. Jamie, the New York football Jets. You're so giddy about this. You are so happy that the Jets won. Defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 26 to 21. And they did so in large part because Zach Wilson out there running around, making plays, 52-yard scramble for a touchdown. But Jamie, the, the place that I would like to start on the Jets side of things, because we can talk about Trevor Lawrence's inability to at any point score a touchdown ever for the remainder of the season. Michael Carter, his second week back after being on the IR, he has gotten better each and every week that he has played this season as a rookie. I think this was one of his better games to date. 16 carries, 118 yards. You were talking earlier about tight ends looking into next season. I think when we look at the running back position going into next season, not a guy in the top portion of the running back draft, but I think in that second or third tier of running backs that you're going to talk about, Michael Carter's carving out his spot in those tiers. Yeah, he feels like that guy you take like in the fourth round type of a thing. I would say I haven't gone this deep into the mock stuff yet, but like he feels like a guy you're going to take as an RB2 might be, you know, spike up in certain spots, but look excellent here. Seven and a half yards of carry for him, got 18 touches. He's really talented. And if you remember even back to our pre-draft as a guy, I, I kind of saw circled as a like, hey, this is somebody that I want depending on his location. And he's actually been better as a rusher than I anticipated. Like a lot of why I liked him coming out is I thought he would be a major asset in the passing game, which he, he absolutely is, but he looks really good as a rusher, really exciting to have him. Again, another guy that you're going to probably feel confident starting as a guaranteed flex for you in the fantasy championship and a guy you're drafting as an RB2 next year. Uh, there's another running back in this game that is not so lucky, uh, and that is James Robinson, yeah. who tore his Achilles in this game. 
So obviously he's done for the rest of this year. We'll see what his timeline looks like for next year. Just doing some quick math would tell me he's probably out until the preseason for next year. And then at that point, you wonder, you know, ETN will be back. New coaching staff. What's James Robinson's role going to look like? So uh, obviously for the rest of this year, uh, you know, when Carlos Hyde's healthy, he's the guy. They really only had Dario Gumbawale healthy. So he was the guy that got 17 carries in this game. But I'm not really not interested in any of the Jacksonville running backs right now. I'm not going to feel confident playing any of them in my fantasy championship. You got to be really buyer beware for James Robinson going into next year. And by the way, do not confuse the rapid-ish return of Cam Akers and use that a as a, the new benchmark. Also understand that Cam Akers is probably not going to actually play a game until January or the postseason. Uh, I keep getting week 18th of January to the postseason. Uh, the reason the Rams activate him, which is actually really good of them, uh, is to make sure he has a year accrued toward his pension. He has to be active for three games in order to, to accrue a year towards his pension. So that's actually a really classy move by the Rams organization. They did not activate him with any anticipation that he's going to play. I guess week 18 could be a possibility, but uh, it's not one that I imagine they're going to rush him to use. But Daryl Henderson's knee injury today might complicate those matters, but I still don't think we see him to the postseason. But In again, game- all that's to say, buyer beware uh, next year on James Robinson. Um, as far as everybody else goes, you kind of got what you got. Like you're going to get the seven, eight, nine point performances from Marvin Jones, Tavon Austin, Laquan Treadwell. Unless you're in a super deep league, you don't really care. But those guys have been steady performers. These guys that will get you, you know, get you by with eight or nine points if you need it. In a game that was closer, that that the box score said was closer than it actually was, and a game that Matt Stafford was channeling his Detroit Lions days, the Rams go into Minnesota. It was like Stafford was back in the NFC North. And they beat the Minnesota Vikings 30-23. to 23. Uh, Stafford throws three picks in this game. So if you're playing him in fantasy, that you didn't really love the performance there. Uh, Jamie, it was on this podcast where we uh, we proclaimed that this Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson thing was a thing. We were keeping an eye on this. And it bared out once again. 27 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown for Sony Michelle. And in a bad game, in a game in which he wasn't really sniffing the end zone all that much, Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 109 yards. That's a bad game it's for unreal. Cooper Cup. It's a bad game. It's unreal. Look, uh, even before Dale Anderson got hurt, this was going to be a, a complete timeshare. And mm-hmm. obviously, we don't know the extent of the knee injury that Henderson left the game with, but Sonny Michelle is the running back you want. I'm going to have him ranked likely as an RB, as a low-end RB1 next week. I feel pretty confident in saying that of, in, on my initial research there. Uh, I have no advice for you, Cooper Cup. Good to see Alder Beckham in the end zone. Van Jefferson, at this point, is probably too risky to start in your championship. Uh, but there's some interesting things that I want to talk about really on the other side. Uh, also, before I get to that, I guess, has there been a bigger like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde this year than Stafford over the last six weeks or so? Well, and it's so funny too, Jamie, because this game was kind of in hand for most of the game. And also, like, like I, with him, I, I never felt just like from, Minnesota like, game game. was going to come back. It's in game. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just like he will make a stupendous throw and then an absolutely stupid throw. Like it, mm-hmm. it, and it'll, it'll sometimes be on back-to-back drives. It'll sometimes be within drives. Like it, he mm-hmm. is basically ever since you, Kyle, and Joe proclaimed him the the MVP yep. to bet on, he is mm-hmm. uh, he has struggled. So yep. uh, if you are, if there are any Rams fans listening to the show, you know where to send your hate. Uh, on they're the other side, four, they're winning the NFC West. What do you? You can't get mad at me. I mean, I can absolutely get mad at you, but they are winning the NFC West as predicted on the money down 
podcast or the money down video show a couple weeks ago by me um other things to keep a note here on the viking side besides justin jefferson is good dot gif uh kj osborne gets in the end zone again deeper leagues really only but somebody you should absolutely consider particularly because adam thielen was very hobbled again hurt his ankle in this game he's coming in coming out out of that game i I feel like look they're they're i mean i guess they're in do or die mode like they're 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 pretty dead at this point but uh they're still being do or die mode so he might try to get back out there but if he doesn't uh kj osborne is somebody that will be a solid waiver wire ad that i'm sure we're going to talk about on tuesday Jamie, the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots played a game that was very different from the game that they played on Monday night a couple of weeks ago. And it's in large part because Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills had some swagger in this football game. They win the game 33. I I thought it was because they threw 79 passes. Instead of not because they threw 79 passes instead (laughs) instead of of what what was it? Seven, 12, whatever it was in the game. Uh, No, Josh Allen, 314, three touchdowns. He has a big game. Uh, Devin Singletary gets into the end zone. Stephon Diggs has a big performance for, for those of you that have kind of needed him to wake up in a big moment. He did seven catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jamie, don't know how many people had Isaiah McKenzie in their fantasy lineups, maybe some DFS lineups, uh, to try to win this week, but he has 11 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. And on the other side of things, I think you start to end the conversation with Damian Harris, 18 carries, 103 yards and three touchdowns. That's where, that's where you talk about the new England Patriots in this football game. So let's talk about Buffalo for a second. So McKenzie snuck into the very bottom part of my rankings late in the weekend. I think I had him at like a wide receiver 69 or 70 or something. So he he was, it was a nice ranking, Chris. Uh, but I, <laughs> I expect him to go 11 for 125 and a touchdown. Absolutely. Won some people some money on DraftKings and FanDuel and owner's box and wherever else you're playing DFS. But, uh, you know, I was interested to see that. That was Stephon Diggs' ninth touchdown of the year. He's going to catch double. If you were to tell the me quietest back in August, double digit t- touchdown that, season of his that, life. Yeah, that Diggs would catch double digit touchdowns this year. I'd say, oh man, he might be wide receiver one. And instead, he's still been good. Like, I feel like he's the receiver version of Kyle Pitts. Not obviously, he's got the touchdowns, but like, he's having a really good year. He's just not having a. a, a Phenomenal year, so it feels like he's not as good. Devin Singletary doesn't do much on the ground, does get in the end zone, but heavily involved in the passing game. Like he was at one point was leading all bills and catches before McKenzie and Stephon Diggs passed him by in the second half of that game. But is worthy of noting. Uh, I know Zach Moss was active. Matt Breda got the healthy scratch. Singletary is the only running back that you would want to play. And again, I still think he's a risky flex. Like I'm not really excited about playing him. On New England, obviously, Damian Harris is a monster. Always has a high touchdown probability. And that's really about it. Not really playing anybody else on the Patriots. My friend, on the Money Down show on Sunday, did the rare three-unit bet. He said, I believe so much in the Philadelphia Eagles offense to score more than 24.5 points, put all his chips in the middle, doubled down, had it as a goal for two, had it also as his bet when the game came up. And the Eagles did not disappoint. Uh, 34 to 10. They beat the. You had it the whole way, Jamie. Took them 28 minutes to get on the board. You had it the whole way. 28 minutes. I'm like, oh, it's 0 0, like heading into the two minute warning. I'm like, oh, and they've already had a missed field goal. I'm like, super. 
Um, Fantasy-wise, what would you like to talk about in this football game? Because Jalen Hurts does not have, by his standards, a great day. Only runs the ball twice, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And I didn't have a close eye on this football game. If it, Scott didn't go to it very often for me on red zone. Um, that was intriguing to me. Devonta Smith gets into the end zone. I think that's probably the big takeaway. Five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Um, imagine paying Kenny Galladay all that money. Just imagine. We have a lot of giant stuff to talk about. So let's get to the Eagles here. Uh, give Patrick Graham credit. They've played Jalen Hurts really, really strong. Twice in a row. Now, Hurts, they adjusted in the second half of this game, and Hurts played really well, and they came back, and they obviously they were, they had about a dominant of a third quarter. If you, For those who didn't get a chance to watch this, this game was tight throughout, but that third quarter was, an, a, a, it's tough to play better 15 minutes of football than what the Eagles were playing against Agreed. the Giants in that stretch there. Um, but again, Hurts ends up getting 199 and two touchdowns through the air. It was really not a strong week for elite quarterback play. From scores, unless by you're the Joe way. Burrow, yeah, but like I'm trying to see here, like I'm, I'm Zach Wilson right was now. the third highest fantasy quarterback at one point during the day in the second half of so, the afternoon slate of games. So we obviously, as you know, we record this during Sunday Night Football. So Dak and, and Heineke are still playing, and obviously uh, Tua and Ian Book are still available. But I'll take my chances. You, we had two 30 point performances. Obviously, Joe Burrow at 38.1. Oh, actually, let me make sure I get the right scoring here. Uh, yeah, 38.1 for Joe Burrow, 30.96 for Josh Allen. Zach Wilson finished third at 22.32. But Zach. we only had six 20-point games. Six. Yeah. So the two I mentioned, plus Wilson, Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Josh Johnson, who nobody started. Those are the only 20-point performances in fantasy. So like, it was a rough week for right if, now, you, if you've been leaning on your quarterback. QB 12. Now, I expect probably one of these quarterbacks, maybe two to pass it. But right now, QB 12 was Nick Foles at 16.8. Jalen Hurts, QB 13 at 16.66. So it was a really down week for quarterback play. So if you did have Burrow or Josh Allen, you had a massive advantage on everybody else. But yes, it's uh, it was a really down week. And some big guys like, you know, Tom Brady was under 15 points. Uh, Matthew Stafford was under 10 points. Derek Carr was under 10 points. Like, so there were some, you know, some guys that were playing. I mean, some people were playing Cam Newton under six points. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was a rough, rough week for quarterback play. Uh, Jamie, Boston Scott. Oh, the Giants does, side. Uh, dude, no, I, don't know, on, I don't know how you on, start Saquon on, anymore, hold man. Hold on, hold on. Boston Scott does his thing, scoring oh, against you, the Giants. Oh, that's right, he did. Sure I didn't even, you know what? I didn't even... Remember that just, I keep forgetting. Just want, to make sure, just want to make sure we note that now we can talk about the Giants and who. We... <sighs> Dude, what do you do, man? Not only is is he in a bad situation, he doesn't look good either. Like it's, I know everybody wants to blame the Giants, and by the way, they should. But but Saquon doesn't look good on his own either. Like particularly when I watch Devontae Booker run behind the same offensive line with the same quarterback in the same situation, and just looks better. And I don't believe Devontae Booker is a more talented football player than Saquon Barkley. I but I know agree. what my eyes have been telling me for two months. So, uh, fascinating guy. Uh, spoiler, Saquon Barkley will not be in my first round of my mock draft. Uh, no, I, I feel like I'm going to have another offseason of raging against Saquon. Rage against Saquon. Make that new shirt. Okay, we'll work on it. We'll get the production team working on it. Uh, let me see. What are, where, where am I going to tentatively, where am I going to have him next week? I, 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 as you can tell, I've already started working on this stuff. because He I'm, cannot, Jamie, he cannot be a top 15 running back next year. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm talking about for this next week. 
So oh, okay. okay. Right now he's sitting uh if I take away so there's there's three guys hurt, so I'm gonna have to move these guys. Uh right now he's sitting at RB twenty one. Yeah. RB twenty one right now. And that is assuming that Elijah Mitchell, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, and obviously Clyde Edwards Hilaire we'll talk about in a minute, all miss time. So even with all those guys out, like I doubt he's he's gonna be a low end RB two at best. Do you do you have both James Conner and Chase Edmonds ranked in front of him right now, or is yes. Conner behind him? Okay, that was because because Conner might be back this week. That's why I was. Asking. Yeah, it, well, well, Conner would be way. Conner's not even close. Conner would be way ahead of him. Him and Chase Edmonds okay. are like are with like fractions of a point from each other. Okay. Like those guys are 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 on the line. Um, anything so. else that you'd like to talk about? <sighs> no. Okay, we will move on. Uh, to the Bucks beating the Panthers 32 to 6. And I will make the same joke that everybody else on Twitter is making because of what Matt Rule said in his post conference and the 99 problems that the Carolina Panthers have at the moment. Yeah, Jay Z, Matt Rule. Um, okay. So, um, first off, the combination imagine, of Sam Darnold and Cam Newton might be the worst dual quarterback system I've seen in a long time. Imagine giving up a second round pick that's going to be inside the top 40 for Sam Darnold. And then paying Cam Newton ten million dollars. Why do you think, Jamie? You asked me before. I'm just, I'm in such a good mood today because think about all the things that went my way today as a Jets fan. Yeah, I mean, a lot did go your way. You got a win. You got improved draft position from the from Seattle losing, and you oh, got yeah. to win. Sam Donald is who you thought he was, and who I thought he was. And I'm going to keep beating that drum because I'm sorry. Like it, it's, I, I I don't know why people talk themselves into things they shouldn't. Uh, can uh, Donald sucks. Newton's washed. We told you. Uh, I mean, DJ Moore, okay. Still the guy that needs to be in your lineup as a wide receiver, too. Robbie Anderson had an okay game and was stupidly celebrating on the sideline for yeah, some reason that? for a meeting. Cassius, his team was getting his ass kicked. Like 32 to 6 on the Buck sideline, giving a little well, point. Look, I don't know what his Madden awareness rating is, but it's probably too high. Uh, as we told you, don't start any running backs for Carolina. Although Amir Abdullah should have caught a touchdown pass if Sam Darnold wasn't horrible at football. Uh, on the Buccaneer side, as I've said all along, Kashawn Vaughn's great, great player. <laughs> Must start. Uh, no, had that obviously had a phenomenal run. Now he only had he had six carries for 15 yards. Otherwise, but had that big run. Nobody started him. Ronald Jones wasn't great in this game, but gets in the end zone, saves your day. As we mentioned, Brady better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback today. AB comes back, gets all the all the Huge catches and all day. the targets. 15 Huge targets day. from Tom Brady. Nobody else on the Bucks got more than four. Catches 10 of them for 101. You're going to see a lot of this. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see Mike William, uh, Mike Evans next week. I doubt it. It doesn't sound like it. When they start talking about, oh, he'll be back in the regular season, sounds like it's a multi-week injury. So uh, wish we had a bigger game from Gronk. It was a little dis- disappointing in this matchup, but the Bucks really didn't need to do a whole lot in this game. The Pan- Panthers never really felt like they were in it. Like this Panthers team is really, they they are like slightly better than the Giants right now when it just comes to listless performances. They're just uninspired football for sixty minutes. Well, you know what team that played inspired football for sixty minutes? That would be the Houston Texans as they welcome in the Los Angeles Chargers and they drop a forty spot on Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, and the Los Angeles Chargers. They win forty-one to twenty-nine. Uh, Jamie, let's talk about the LA side of things, and I think for anybody who had gotten to the dance, had gotten this far with Austin Eckler, and they went out this uh, during the week, and they said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Justin Jackson because I know Austin Eckler, not sure if he's going to play. Uh, they were rewarded. Justin Jackson, 11 carries, 64 yards, and two touchdowns. That's a great day just on its own. 
but then adds eight catches for 98 yards out of the backfield. So a monster yeah. day for him. You, you you got everything that you would have gotten probably from Austin Eckler and even then some with the way Eckler had been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, Jamie, other than that, you know, Josh Palmer catches a touchdown in garbage time, but that's about it on the L.A. side of things. This was not a very good performance for them. They did not No, Herbert wasn't good. Keen Allen wasn't good. Look, this Chargers, this Chargers run defense is really, really bad. And we knew that. But watching Rex freaking Burkhead 149 and two just tread them in the year 2021 on a Texans team without its best offensive weapon with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of guys on the COVID list. Like th- if the if the Chargers somehow manage to make the postseason, they will not play a second game in the postseason. They are going to get their doors blown off. This was a I mean, look, credit to Houston. They played absolutely good football game. They took they took advantage of the situation. Davis Mills looks like a player. Uh, he yeah, dropped two dimes. Better. One to the same play on the sideline. Yeah, on the Chris Kylie and Nico Collins. Yeah, one to Chris Kylie. I think the other one was the Philip Dorsett or Nico Collins. It was one oh, of Philip the two. Dorsett was so Nico Collins touched side. Philip Dorsett was the sideline pass that was beautiful. He's just dropping dimes, buckets from just, his end zone. Yeah, he looks good. Uh, he was so so bad early in the season. Like, oh, my God, bad. And they sat him down for a bit, brought him back up, and he the game is slowing down for them, as you say. Uh, I, he looked really good. Look, Burkhead is interesting. He's been a guy that's been floating, especially when David Johnson gets ruled out like he was this week. He's been a guy that's floating around my top 50 running backs. Super deep league, you might care. I just can't imagine you're going to feel super confident at this point in the year uh, putting him in your lineup. And you, there's definitely receivers you're going to like more, but – he, I know he won a lot of money for people that took a chance on him in DFS this week. We move to the afternoon slate of games, Jamie, or the 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 secondary slate of games, the four o'clock games for a lot of people. Um, I'm I will I'm going to say the score of the game, and then I'm going to get out of the way and let my friend speak. The Chicago Bears went into Seattle. They beat the Seattle Seahawks twenty-five to twenty-four. The floor is yours. David Montgomery, nice game. Uh, 45 yards, a touchdown on the ground, led all Bears receivers in with seven catches and 61 yards, leading both you know that, categories. That's not where I thought you were going to go with that. When I gave the when I passed the floor to you and gave where you, where you think everything. I was going to go, Rashad Penny? I thought I know. I thought you were just going to just talk about Russell Wilson. And oh, the Seattle, yeah, Russell's being bad. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that's where I thought look, you were going to go. So look, we're going to have this conversation in the off season, and, and I I don't want to get too deep into it now because I'm just going to talk for 40 minutes and everybody's going to get annoyed. I kind of don't think Russell Wilson's a lead anymore. And I've said that, oh, I haven't not said this take to you yet because I've said it to others. Yeah, I don't think Russell Wilson's a lead anymore. I think he's a really good quarterback. But basically, we, are not, we now have a year and a half of very mediocre play from Russell Wilson. Do I think some of the team around him, the offensive line, et cetera, play calling is a factor? Yes. But he's got weapons. He's got some pieces. He's not in this – he's not in a good situation – but from his from the things that he can control, he's not controlling. And he was an active part in how bad they were late last season. Again, not the biggest problem by any means in Seattle, but he's been at least deserved some of his fair share. Wasn't terrible today, but I, I do not think he's an elite quarterback. If you ask me right now, take, taking age and also out of the equation next year, what I, I would can I take Aaron Rodgers in a trade or Russell Wilson in a trade or Deshaun Watson in a trade? Wilson is last of that group clearly for me so, so i have a follow-up question to this because i have not heard this take you have not shared this take with me 
Would you feel comfortable trading multiple first-round picks for Russell Wilson if you are one of these quarterback-needy teams? I would not. Wow. So I, if I if I were the job... Now, I think that's what you're going to need to get the job done. And if I'm Seattle, I'm not taking anything less. So this is my personal sure. opinion. Seattle absolutely better get multiple first-round picks plus, plus for Russell Wilson. I, if I'm the Giants, if I'm Denver... If I'm those teams, I'm not doing it. Now, I could understand why. I'll put it this way. If I'm the Giants, I'm not doing it. I could maybe talk myself for Denver because now we're talking a middle pick and then a pick next year, a little bit different. I'm not giving two picks in this draft. So if I'm Philly, if I'm the Giants, uh, if, I, if I'm those teams, I'm not giving up two first-round picks this year. And the Giants, you would have to give up two top 10 picks. So no. Um, Honestly, sorry, I probably I, would not. I, whatever Russell Wilson ends up getting traded for, I'm gonna. I probably wouldn't have given it to them if that's my option. But nobody's gonna call and ask me. So I derailed you there. Is there anything else you want to talk about? You gave David Montgomery his praise. Rashad Penny had a very yeah, good game for Seattle. Look, I, I've well. been very critical of Rashad Penny since the day he was drafted. He's putting together some nice performances, and I mm-hmm. think he's somebody now that he's got two really strong performances over the last three weeks. Take advantage of some solid matchups. Struggled against the Rams, obviously, but uh, somebody that needs to absolutely be in that flex consideration for you because he's gonna—he's getting plenty of the work. He's clearly the guy, and he's shown flashes. He was really good in this game. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Pittsburgh Steelers thirty-six to ten. I don't know what I expected from the Pittsburgh offense. I don't normally expect much. But they were never in this game. They it wasn't no. even particularly close. No, and they didn't have their like their pseudo second half comeback either. Like they don't score at all in the first half ever anymore. But like they, but, usually they make a game of it in the second half. They weren't even able to do that. Jonathan Johnson has a nice day, gets in the end zone. Najee Harris final kind of volumed his way into 16 PPR points, but like he's at this point an RB2. Like I, I don't think you're playing him expecting RB1 numbers the way this offense is operating right now. Uh on the Chiefs side of things, I guess... Just the I way mean, everybody drew it up, Byron Pringle with two touchdowns. Yeah, had the monster game here despite... Tyreek Hill did nothing, two for 19 in this game. Yeah, I know. As somebody who had him to score touchdown and catch 80 receiving yards, I was very well aware of how poorly he played today. Didn't do any of that. Uh, I'm not going to rush to the waiver wire for Brian, uh, Byron Pringle, but I know we're going to talk about him on Tuesday, but like, I'm not going to rush to the waiver wire for him. The big news here is the running back situation. It looks like, uh, at least as of recording, it appears that Clyde Edwards-Elaire has a fractured hand. That appears to be what I, – I, let me double-check to make sure I got my running back stuff right. Or is that Miles Sanders as a fractured hand? A lot so of I, running backs I, got hurt today. I thought Kyler Kyle was his collarbone. Collarbone, no. Will... Okay, so sorry. Miles Sanders is the one that they believe has a fractured hand right now. Collarbone for Clyde edwards Sorry, It's keeping yeah, up with all but, of these injuries. Glad is, we worked that out together. Yeah. They said it, and I went, oh, that doesn't sound right. I feel like that was the other, another running back. But collarbone injury, uh, obviously, if it's broken, the season's over. So – we can talk about that. Daryl Williams, as you know, is going to be the top pickup there. Had a f- fairly solid game himself, so something to kind of keep in mind with him. We're going to get into this a lot on Tuesday because we're going to get more information about Miles Sanders. We're going to get more information about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We're going to get more information about some of these other injuries that occurred this week. But uh, Daryl Williams would probably be at, right now, my top waiver wire priority. Uh, 11.55 on the ground in this game. Caught another three passes. It's going to be involved. So is Derek Gore. So kind of keep keep this in mind because if, if Edward Teller misses the rest of the year, both those guys are going to be fantasy relevant for you. The last game of the 4 o'clock slate, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Denver Broncos 17-13. to 13. Um, Josh Jacobs gets over 100 yards on the ground. 
Uh, Hunter Renfro catches a touchdown. Fairly subdued fantasy game because like Jacobs got 129 on the ground, but he also fumbled and didn't score. So he ends up only really getting you like 11-ish points. You know, Foster There's Moreau had an okay game. Zay Jones had an okay game. You'll be happy, Chris. I ranked Zay Jones at like wide receiver 70. Yeah. Did just That's for very you. nice. He got on the list for you. Week. Very good. You know, Renfro gets in the end zone, so you're fine. You're happy with it. But again, not a monster game for him. Derek Carr did not have a good game, as you mentioned. Drew Locke continues to be bad at football, which we already knew. I think the big shock in this game, and by the way, if you're if you're starting Broncos receivers at this point, just don't do Just stop. <laughs> just do something. Just, literally do anything else. Just save else. yourself. Just yeah, like it's, you don't you don't have it gets better. There are people you can talk to. You don't have to do this. The shocking thing was how god awful the running backs were. Yeah, what was that about? Just nothing. They couldn't run the ball. Melvin Gordon had zero yards on eight touches in this game. Like that's not what you want. Zero oh, okay. yards on was, eight touches. I had to do the math of how you got there, but I see how you got there. You, yeah. you added his you added his yeah, rushing had, and his receiving. Seven, that's so good. he averaged. So put it this way. I average 0.6 yards per carry more today than Melvin Gordon. This show averaged 0.6 yards per carry more than Melvin Gordon did. Seven for where negative would, four on the ground with a four-yard Where yard would catch. we rank on Jamie's uh, rankings for week 17, huh? Hmm, Above Melvin about Gordon. That. That's right. Uh, and then Javante Williams on his nine touches gets 20 yards. So the two backs get 20 combined yards. Now, now Javante Williams gets in the end zone. Which saves it a little bit. Which it doesn't absolutely destroy you, but you were expecting low-end RB1 numbers. And can I, like can this, I tell you something game, else, Jamie? What's up? I, no, I just thinking about this game. We talked about it in the preview show of like, oh, Drew Locke's going to sling it. He's just going to air it out. They didn't really do a whole lot of that either. No, this, this was – first off, if you, if you for those of you that watch the afternoon slate on red zone on either one, either the Siciliano red zone or the Hanson red zone, I feel like I wasted my time. Now, you had the really nice ending to the Bears-Seahawks game. Like, that was a fun way to end it. Late touchdown, two-point conversion. Uh, watching Jimmy Graham, of all people, f- put the final nail in Seahawks season was kind of funny. There's there's something serendipitous about that, as the kids say. But this late slate was abysmal. And I don't like the 8-3 split anyway. And I know most people don't. But, like, Broncos Raiders was not. This is a good case of a game that was close but not good. Close does not equal good. And that's kind of where all these games fell in. And the other game wasn't even close. And now for the Sunday night game, and Jamie, I will let the listeners in on a little bit of a secret. We are recording this portion of the show, this game recap, with like, I don't know, six, seven minutes left in this game. It's 56 yeah, we, we, to we seven. tapped out here halfway through the fourth quarter at 56 to seven. And we're like, with all the backups in for both teams, we're like, all right, we can, we can do this recap at this point. Um, you and this I were game's talking- been over for quite some time. It was. It was 42 to 7 halftime. Uh, you and I were talking in the pre-show. O- outside of Dak's four-touchdown performance, the fantasy love kind of spread around in this game. Nobody's having. When you look at it, when, if I would have told you, Jamie, there's a 56 to 7 box score, you would expect somebody outside of the quarterback to have an absolute dumb stat line like we saw maybe T. Higgins have. You don't really have that in this game. Zeke does get into the end zone twice. Amari Cooper has seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Nice to see him have a decent game. But there's no, like, marquee, top-of-the-line, big-time performance here. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking to see, like... And actually, you know who it probably is? Stalton Schultz. No, it's the Dallas Cowboys defense. Oh, what do they have? Yeah, that's a good point. 25. So for reference right now, and, and again, you know, there's we, we have seven minutes left in this game. So if Washington scores, it'll knock this number down or they get more picks, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. But because if they have the block punt touchdown, the the pick six, all that other fun stuff, 
Um, was it a pick six or was it a fumble six uh, it was, for I DeMarcus? It was a pick six for DeMarcus Long. Okay. So they have 25 points, which is right now nine more points than the other top, the other top defense, which was a tie between Tampa and Philadelphia. I mean, 25 points. So, for example, I'm going to now look at the flex spot. 25 points would rank among all, like we go running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defenses. That would rank as the 15th best player in fantasy. Is that good? Is that good? That'll do. And by the way, we have a weird top 15, which includes players like Justin Jackson, Isaiah McKenzie, Rex Burkhead, and Byron Pringle. And the Cowboys defense. So right in the what, middle of the fantasy semifinals or championships, you have weeks like that. 20% of the top 15. Although Dallas defense, to be fair, was my and most people's number one ranked defense this week. So I guess we're not shocked that they're having a big game. But yeah, it's uh, so that that's your big game. But, you know, look, a lot of the Cowboys had had nice nights here, too, as well. They didn't you didn't have that blow up game, like you said, but. You know, as we're talking now, we're down about five and a half minutes here. You have Dalton Schultz has a 22.2 point game. Amari Cooper, 21 and a half. You know, Zeke's over 17. Not much for Gallup, not much for CeeDee Lamb, not much for Tony Pollard. But, they, you know, they still have a nice night. And then obviously, we finally get a big game from Dak again because we've been talking about him having some issues. You know, 31.3 points as they pull him out of the game. That puts him at QB2. Uh, and I feel pretty confident saying I don't think Tua or Ian Book are going to are going to top thirty points this week. But uh, you know, add him to what we talked about earlier. Now that's three thirty point quarterbacks this week: Allen, Prescott, and Burrow. And there's a significant drop to everybody else. There's still only six twenty point quarterbacks this week. So like, a big advantage uh, if you had these guys. I still had Dak a little bit lower than usual, but he was still uh, in my QB ten spot. But huge game for him in really like two and a half quarters. Uh, and I mean, his performance today was monstrous. Uh, that's really it. I mean, do you want to talk about Washington and just the dumpster fire that they've become <laughs> fighting on the sidelines? Like, it's just, it's just bad. It's just not. Yeah. Bad. I mean, you know, Gibson gets in the end zone. He was playing hurt, you know, so you're at least happy to see that. Uh, you know, he, he got you at 13.8 points in half or in, in full PPR. So that's okay. Not great. But yeah, everything else was rough. I mean, Terry McLaurin just got his second catch of the game just now as we're talking. Two for 34 as we speak. He's He's been a non-factor for this entire game. Uh, we have like negative yardage for Ricky Seals-Jones, negative yardage for Adam Humphreys. Like it, it's it, – this this game was an unmitigated disaster. And uh, I, I doubt anybody started the Washington defense at this point, but they're also in the negatives for this game because, of course, they are. Despite the fact they have three sacks in this game and they've hit the quarterback five times, they're still negative points in this game. It is, uh, it is rough out there. Uh, I don't really uh, – this is, this is a uh, – something's got to change next year. And, and I think as nice of a story at times as Taylor Heineke has been, and by, by no means is this all his fault. I mean, Taylor Heineke didn't give up 56 points to the, to the Dallas Cowboys, but – that defense regressed significantly this year, and the quarterback play has been abysmal. And their big free agent him, Curtis Samuel's done nothing, and Terry McLaurin's invisible because he's, nobody can get him the ball. Like it's, it's not good. 
We're back on Tuesday. Uh, waiver wire rankings for what is more than likely championship Sunday for most of you uh, that would still be playing in the fantasy playoffs. So we'll give you the updated uh, injury news, the updated waiver wire rankings, and then Jamie's week 17 rankings. Uh, Jamie, are you doing week 18 rankings? Or, or... I am. Okay. So, so these are not so, the last rankings of the season. No. So as we've become customary at the Draft Network, I, I don't want to forget about those of you that do play week 18. Uh, I know this is the first year of week 18, so I don't know how your leagues were set up, but uh, I know there are a lot of more casual leagues, friends and family type leagues that will play into week 18. And by the way, it's a little bit more reasonable now with only one team earning the buy. And honestly, given the way things look in the playoff picture, I don't think we're going to see a lot of teams resting starters. In, in week 18. So oh, there's a bunch of seeding and home field advantage implications on the line still at this juncture. And I don't know a lot of that's going to get cleaned up in week 17 and maybe divisions. You know, I know we had, we saw a bunch of clinching scenarios today, but the NFC West feels like it's going to go down to the brink and maybe a few others as well. So, uh, but no, so we will be treating week 18 here at the draft network and on the TDN fantasy podcast, the same way we would any week. We will talk about the waiver wire. We will break down the games. Um, now uh, there will be a little bit of a bonus because I, I've already teased the mock draft a few times. I do want us to go over that on the podcast as well. So you and I will talk about how we want to handle that, but, um, you know, I, I, we'll make sure there's a little bit of both. So I, you know, I, I don't want to ignore the people playing in week 18, but I also don't want people that whose season's over to have to listen to wake week 18 content for their entire show. So that will be up to Chris and I to figure out how we mesh those two things. But for those that do play, we will make sure that you are taken care of. For those of you that do not, we will make sure we have fresh content for you on those same shows as well that is pertinent to you. Uh, Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media for asking you fantasy questions throughout the week and finding all of your updated uh, fantasy content? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram, and good luck if you need any help from Saints or Dolphins to get you to the fantasy championship tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. And again, the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab is where all of Jamie's fantasy content lives. That is going to do it for us. Like Jamie said, good luck if you need some help in Dolphin Saints on Monday Night Football. For the rest of you, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.